I'm glad I'm here. Well, let's make our way back uh, up to our chairs so we can get started this morning. Would you like to stand up with me today? Praise God. Thank you, Father. Good day to serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's make a prayer confession over the United States of America. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every... Christian school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. No, you can't be seated. you got to do meet and greet. Meet and greet. Okay, well, this is the way it goes, folks. Get to traveling. Go shake some hands, hug some necks, introduce yourself to somebody if you don't know them. Amen.
That song's just my favorite. It gives you some perspective, you know? You can be seated. Keep your eyes straight, right? Not here, there, right? Praise God. Well, Pastor Dave would like to make sure that each of you know that it was not his choice to not be here today, that his very mean wife forced him to stay home. And he is not happy about it. Uh, so he will be here Wednesday and we'll be very happy to be back with you. He hates missing church. So he misses you. He loves you. He is watching online. Y'all want to say good morning, Pastor Day? You're loved. It's fine. We love you. Okay. So anyway, uh, we have a lot going on this week and coming up, um, because it's fall time. And fall time kind of gets us all back in the routine of things uh, and back into the groove. And then we have all kinds of fun stuff like Harvest Fest coming. So keep your ears open for those kind of announcements and make sure you make yourself available to the information booth as well. So I'm going to announce a few things and then you make sure that you stop by the information booth also. So servant leadership is this Thursday at seven o'clock in Victory Hall. If you are interested in the details of the behind the scenes stuff here, uh, it sounds like a production. It's not really a production, uh, but we're just the body of Christ and we all serve in a lot of different ways. So if you are interested in being a part of that, um, you know, maintenance, security, um, how things work around here, repairing things, what have you, um, make sure to make yourself available to servant leadership. Also, if you are involved, but you want to be involved in a deeper way, but you aren't ready to lead things yet, that is the place to go to be built up in leadership and to get more involved as well. Um, September lets us start everything back to normal is what we would call it. So September, we are back to men's meeting like normal in uh, Victory Hall at 9 a.m. on Saturday the 2nd. Breakfast Bibles and Bros. And then the next weekend is also our women's fall kickoff. Now, this year, ladies, yes. Oh. No women's. (laughs) Oh, now I'm back on. Cool. Okay. I'll praise the Lord. Anyway, I know Mr. Tom and Isaiah are both looking at me like, I don't know. Anyway, I know. The, can you just stare real quick? You know, it's family church, right? Stare at the sound booth real quick. Give him a stink eye, okay? Uh-oh. See? <laughs> it's good. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. I'm sorry, gentlemen. See, it's bad when they're in control and you're making fun of them. Not nice. Not nice. Anyway, we love you, Sound Booth. Thank you for serving. Amen, right? Amen. It is a hard job what they do. That's legitimately very hard. It's easier to vacuum around here. I'm just saying. Anyway, so Women's Fall Kickoff is coming on Friday night, September 8th at 6.30 in Victory Hall. And you should have gotten a nice glittery invite, ladies. Did you get an invite? Okay, good, good. You need to be there. Here's why. So lots of times we have good women's meetings and it builds us up. This is for the hungry. 
Okay, so not only is there going to be food there, but we're going to do Bible study, like actual Bible study. It's great. So those of you who are like, okay, well, I want to learn more. This is your thing, and it's on women of the Bible. So if you're hungry, you should be there. If you don't know enough, you should be there. If you want to know how to just be a better woman and why you are the way you are, you should be there, okay? You should be there. Also, gentlemen, dudes, bros, did you get one of these? Look at me, you know, give me your, give me your eyeballs for a second. Okay. If you didn't get one of these, you should. Men's meeting is the best way for you to connect and for you to build yourself up and for you to find friends. Okay. It's important for you to have good godly friends. So make sure you do not leave without the invites today. Okay. Um, also there's a little bit of confusion over children's church. Let me explain. Um, you know, already know that we're a little crazy sometimes. Okay. It's good. It's just our family circus. We're here to be the body of Christ and to serve Jesus. And sometimes it goes real smooth and sometimes it doesn't. So here's the deal. Miss Summer Crank, who you saw last Sunday, our children's church director is allowing us to have safer classrooms and room for growth. Okay, so because of that, we are trying to split these classes where it's two grades or less so that we have room for all these kids. Because in our Jam Junior class, we have sometimes had 17 preschoolers or 20 preschoolers. And in a tiny classroom, that's just not really great. And it doesn't allow them to enjoy church. So parents, are you ready? Okay. Jam Varsity. Our children's church is Jesus and me. We're on a Jesus and me journey. Varsity, meaning they're almost going to youth group. It's fourth and fifth grades. And they're in the office across the way. Okay. Second and third grades is what we would have normally called normal jam. They're still in victory. And we're calling them jam senior because they're bigger elementary kids. Okay. Second and third grade victory hall. Jam Jr. is not happy today. They are cranky because all of those first graders are still in this classroom. It's only for a minute, okay? And we thought it would be nice to leave less children angry than more children and splitting them just some at a time, okay? So the first graders are unhappy, but they're up in this classroom. The kindergarten and first graders are going to be Jam Junior. They didn't get a new name. I'm sorry, but they are going to be moving soon to Victory Hall. We're not there yet, but they're going to have a classroom in Victory Hall for kindergarten and first grades. So right now, what's being so confusing is the potty trainers and preschoolers are also with kindergarten and first grade. It's not going to stay that way. We're going to keep the potty trainers and preschoolers together. And then kindergarten and first will be together. So if you're confused by everything that I just said, that's fine. Ask the children's registration table. (laughs) Okay. So the children's registration table will have that information and I will have that information and we'll make sure that it's typed out for you for next week. Okay. So I apologize for the craziness. The registration table is all old children's church kids right now. They're all totally red and laughing at me. 
it's fine. Okay. They do have the information. It'll be fine. You can ask me after service, but just a quick reminder up here on this side is where you're going to pick up pre-K, kinder and first. Victory Hall is second and third. Fourth and fifth is the office. So if you have trouble with that, ask one of the ushers, ask the children's registration table or myself, and we will help you. I'm so glad that's clear as mud. Now, if you are with us for the very first time, help you, Jesus, or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Anyone? Okay. Thank you for being with us today. We're so glad that you're here. So glad to have you. We are this crazy all the time. Uh, bring that card to the information booth and we will have a gift for you. Praise God. Okay. Are y'all ready for happy time? Oh, okay. Just because Pastor Dave isn't here to be like loud and boisterous. Wake up. Okay. Are you all ready for happy time? Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I do. I must follow up with, uh, what Katie said about children's church. Now, I talk about this from time to time. We need a children's wing. We need a building that goes out from here or whatever. We need a children's wing. So you can start praying about that, okay? Because it's important that we, in, in order to grow, do you, do you realize that the ch- this church has doubled since COVID? We have double since COVID. We do have a children's wing fund. So if you would like to donate to that, don't just circle children's. Write wing on your envelope. Yes. So you can put your thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on your envelope that says children's church wing. Because we will borrow zero money to build this building. We will pay cash for it, which means that we collect the money up front. Which also means you don't put your tithe money into the children's wing money. Okay, so it's happy time. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. And your ushers will be more than happy to give you an envelope. And today I'm going to be reading to you out of Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse 8 down to verse 12. And I'm in the New King James. Yes. Will a man rob God? Well, I don't know what the current statistics are, but the last that I knew, 80% of born-again Christians were God robbers. They didn't tithe to their local church, which meant that 20% of us who are faithful tithers were the ones that supported the gospel. But think of everything that the Lord could do if his treasury was full of 100% born-again tithers to their local church. I'm not just talking about High Desert Word Center. I'm talking about every church across this great nation and even around the world. But then it goes on, the Bible goes on to say, yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Now listen, this is pretty heavy. You are cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. And he says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, local church, that there may be food in my house. Okay? So a tithe is 10% of your gross income. It's not 20%. It's not 5%. If you're giving 10% as a tithe, then anything over that is an offering. Okay? Just to make that proof, uh, you know, so you'll understand that. And then the Lord says, try me now in this. 
The King James says, prove me. You go ahead and prove me. I dare you prove me, he says. If I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there's not even room enough to receive it. And then here's a great one, great promise. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That means Satan knocks on your door. If you're a tither, you know, the Lord kicks him out. Amen. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And then all nations or all people that are around about you are going to look at you and say, man, they're blessed. For you will be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. Is that good stuff or not? You can take that to the Holy Ghost Bank. I'm telling you what. Amen. Right, Cletus? Yes, ma'am. All right. Okay. Let's say, let's stand up and say our financial faith confession. One of these days, I'm going to take the time out and I'm going to go through these things one by one. How many of you have received checks in the mail? How many of you have jobs? How many of you have better jobs? How many of you have received royalties? One person in this church that I know of gets royalties and it's Dylan Johnson from his, uh, when he used to be an actor back in the day, still gets royalty checks from when he was an actor. So I think that's pretty cool. Anyway, I'm not going to do that today because we have things to do and we're going to say this. All right, you ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, Bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want, you can join us up front at the altar for praise and worship today. And let's sing to the Lord together. Arise, my soul.
preparing our hearts and our minds for your word. Father, we welcome you. We praise you. We give you all the honor and the glory. A thousand generations are falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. for us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all. Your name 
somebody's in here not only in here but for those who are watching online if you have gotten to the point in your life where you're saying it's not worth it I don't have any more hope I want to quit I want you to come up here because Jesus is reaching out to you today if that's you I want you to come up here if you're, you're at your wit's end, you don't know what else to do in life, you're about to throw in the towel, you're about to give it all up, I want you to come up here because Jesus is reaching out to you. Come on, honey. And for those of you online, just listen to what the Holy Ghost is going to say because you reach out and you grab it as well, just as if you were here in this very sanctuary because Jesus sees you where you are. Amen. So let's just kind of come together. Now I'm going to say this one more time. 
Don't miss this. Because Jesus himself has impressed me to call you out. So don't not come up here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you are going through a hard time in life, you're depressed, you're hopeless, you're wanting to throw it all away, no matter what area it is in your life, Jesus wants to reach out to you today. Okay? So extend your hands this way to these people. Now, it's never hopeless with Jesus, okay? Take a deep breath. Go, are you still breathing? There's still hope. Okay. Jesus said he will never leave you nor forsake you. That means that he is with you constantly. Now, sometimes we lose patience with him because we think that he's not acting fast enough. But you know what? Jesus is always right on time. And this is his word to you today. Don't give up. You know, for those people who give up, guess what? The answer was right around the corner and they didn't last long enough. So do not give up. Raise your hand up real high. Raise your hand real high. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Now pretend like you're hanging on to Jesus' hand. He's got you. Say, I've got you back, Jesus. I got you back, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, will you come up here, Pastor Katie? Let's let's just give these guys a little booster shot. Now, I want to encourage you. Pastor's going to be teaching a really good word this morning on faith. Now, I want to tell you something. If you're losing hope, it's because you have no faith. Now, where does faith come from? Hearing what? Word of God. You have got to have some word on whatever it is you're believing God for. You've got to have some word. It's got to be a verse, part of a verse, a chapter. I don't care how much. But you've got to have some word to stand on. So you've got to take that hope. That hope. Then yes, I can make it. Yes, that hope that I can go on. And you've got to turn it into faith. Because faith is the substance the very thing that you're going to be able to feel of things hoped for, the evidence you're going to be able to see it of things not yet seen. So you've got to be able to see this with the eye of your faith. And the only way you can do that is if you get some faith for whatever it is you're believing God for. Now say this with me. Say, I am not. Now say it like you mean it. I am not. Stop your foot while you're at it. I am not. I don't see those feet stop. I am not giving up. Because Jesus is not giving up on me. Amen. Okay, so just hang loose a minute. Why don't you sing something softly so we can hear one another up here? And you guys worship the Lord. Raise your hands to Him. Now when you're gonna rec- when we lay hands on you, I want your hands I want your hands in, in, in a form of surrender. Because you're surrendering your lives once again to Jesus. And you're going to say, Jesus, we're re-upping. We're re-upping. We're re-upping. You're joining the army again, okay? You're not falling back. You're going to be strong soldiers of the Lord. And you're re up. Amen? All right. Well, let's start down there. And we'll work our way this way. Go ahead, Josh.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. How many are glad that Jesus is in the house? Amen. And, you know, that's just like uh, Pastor Dave told you last week, that when there's something going on at the altar, it really doesn't make any difference who it is up here that's ministering from the altar because none of us have any magical powers. None of us have anything different than any of you except we're called of God, have the Holy Ghost to help people. And so whether it's, whether it's an elder, whether it's one of us pastors, or somebody else in the church that we have, that God's let us know they're anointed for the altar, come up to anybody up here where the altar is open like that because it's Jesus going to do it. And when you've got your faith in Jesus before you get up here, no matter who's up here, all we are is just vessels for Jesus to use to change your life. Amen. And a lot of people up here got help today. I'm, I'm thinking as I'm, as I'm, uh, going to be teaching the word of God that maybe some people don't even know who I am. Uh, my son, Pastor Dave, he's the senior pastor now, but Mrs. Pastor and I are oversight pastors. We came here 18 years ago and helped get this church fired back up again. And uh, it's kind of good to know who somebody is when they're teaching the Bible. So we're the one that taught, past, taught Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie, and now they're teaching you. But I'm glad to be up here again. I don't do very many Sunday mornings. But we want to help you. And as, as the teacher's gift, my primary primary gift now that the Lord used me in, I know that when, when I got born again back in 1980, I, I had been, as a boy, I went to the Baptist church. They didn't know anything about speaking in tongues or Holy Ghost or this kind of music. Good church, but they knew about getting born again and saved. And so when I went to a Holy Ghost church like this, and I see things like this happen, I didn't have a clue what was going on. Sometimes people speak in tongues, and all I can think of is, well, they got a foreigner in here. I wish somebody would say what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. And then somebody would interpret that tongue, and then I'd know. But nobody explained to me what was happening. So what just happened is this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks, the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And what Mrs. Pastor said, I've got a word for somebody or somebody's. Well, the Bible in 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gift of prophecy, and that's not predicting the future. It says it's speaking to men, to edification, exhortation, and comfort. It builds people up. But then, another gift of the Spirit, which this was, is a word of knowledge. And the gift of prophecy when it's incorporated, the word of knowledge tells up it's happening right now. Well, the Lord, through the word of knowledge, put the word out. There's somebody, or maybe more than one, that wants to give up. Well, that wasn't something her head thought up. That was the Holy Spirit saying through the word of knowledge, a gift to the Spirit, that there's somebody that wants to give up, and God wants to help you now. And so I just, I just like to make sure people know what's going on so they don't just think that uh, that wasn't in my bulletin. No, but it, was, but it was in the mind of God. And so God knew all those people would come up, and I think there's probably some more that didn't come up even, but, but God knew there were people here he wanted to help. And you've always got to know this. To receive blessing from God, it takes the God part and your part. When God does his part, God said, if you're wanting to give up, come up. Well, if you came up because you obeyed what God said, you wanted to give up, then God did his part. And so people today receive anointing from God. And the anointing of God is the power of God. Through laying on of hands a lot of times to come into you to change things. 
And I know that I've learned in my life, out of all my years of Christian living and ministry, that I can't tell you how many impossible things, that absolutely impossible, God turned around because I learned to get a hold of the anointing. I learned to be able to receive from God. And so I just want to advise all the people that came up here today and even out there watching online that if you believe God for him to do something to change you, then the next time that overwhelming, crushing, defeatist, impossibility thoughts hit your head, say, no, devil, not this time. God's delivered me. I'm free, and the plan of God's going to come to pass in my life. Amen? That's how it works. That, that, that's why we come to church. That's why we serve Jesus. If, if we... If we were just going to live like the world, why are we in here today? Amen. Why would we be in here today if we're going to live like the world? We're in here today because we know the Word of God is going to give us faith. We know the teaching of the Word of God is going to give us hope. Something's going to change, but you always got to be able to do your part. Now, I'm going to continue today. By the way, does anybody need a handout? I want to make sure everybody got a handout. If you need one, hold your hand up. The ushers give you a handout. Probably got one at the door, but if you didn't, then hold your hand up. But I'm going to continue where Pastor Dave was in Grown Ups Part 13. But I want to show you a couple of books out of the bookstore, first of all. These are books that I've actually studied over the years, and they helped me to grow up. I'm a lot further along than I used to be. But here's a good book by Brother Kenneth Hagin called Growing Up Spiritually. Growing Up Spiritually. And everybody starts off as a newborn babe in Christ. But if you're eating the right spiritual food, you're in the right spiritual atmosphere, and you do what you see to do in the Bible, you will start growing up. And then there's another one here called Exceeding Growing Faith. Exceeding Growing Faith. When your faith grows, you should be growing right along with it. You should be able to grow at the level of your faith growing, and your faith will grow. If you're a Christian that comes to church and then reads your Bible at home and does the faith things, and uh, I, I think about so many Christians, I don't, I don't really know some modern words and what's the right stuff. All I know is from my generation when I was growing up what the word retarded means. I, I know they got a different word. I don't know what it would be. But when I was growing up, I had a cousin that was my age. And we both started off as little kids playing together. But by the time he was about five years old, he still was like two or three years old in his actions and what he did. And then by the time he was 40 years old, he's still two or three years old. His mind never developed. His mind never grew. But there's Christians. There's Christians. I went, I went to a funeral back to Indiana a few years ago, and there was Christians that were Christians before I was, went to the church I went to way back then. And I saw them at the funeral home, and they were still saying the same things and what they did. 40-some years ago, they hadn't grown up. I'd grown up, I'd matured, I'd become a pastor, and I knew a whole lot more than to be able to say, Jesus loves me, this I know. I knew a whole lot more than just to say that God loves everybody. And so Christians, if they're going to grow up, they need to get out of just, all I know is Jesus loves me. They should learn more. So today, we're going to be talking about... uh, Grown ups, part 13, they aren't dull of hearing. They aren't dull of hearing. You're going to understand what that means by the time I, I go through this word here. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 5. Then we're going to be reading verses 11 through 14. Hebrews chapter 5, 
verse 11 through 14. And the book of Hebrews is mostly about the present day ministry of Jesus. People that haven't grown up much of their knowledge of the word of God don't realize Jesus didn't end his whole ministry when he went to heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of God right now, still in his heavenly ministry. Book of Hebrews teaches that. It teaches us that Jesus right now is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. He's at the right hand of the Father when you're praying. He's up there speaking to the Father's ear about you personally. How does he do that for all the billions of people in the world? Because he's Jesus. Because God's God. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father watching the words you speak. He's called the high priest of our confession. He watches what we're saying because he watches over our word to bring it to pass in our life. He's the one that receives our tithe. We bring a tithe into the church. Jesus is the one in heaven receives it because the church can bless nobody. Jesus can bless you. He can do things. He's the right hand of the Father. He's what's called the mediator of the new covenant. Jesus is the one that guarantees this Bible will come to pass if you live this Bible. And so anyway, that's what the book of Hebrews is about. And so that brings me down then to verse 11. And Paul's talking to these Christians here about Jesus. He says, of whom, Jesus, we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. You're dull of hearing. And as we were worshiping the Lord, the Lord showed me some more about dull of hearing than what I'm going to say. And I want you to get this. Because I love it when he gives me pictures of real life. It helps me understand the Bible. How many have ever been in a grocery store or somewhere in public and a parent keeps on saying, don't do that. And the kid keeps doing it. Don't do that. And they keep doing it. Stop doing that. Yeah, they do, they do goofy things like give them their keys to play with. That's really smart. Give, give a rebellious child your keys to play with so you can't get home. Or give your cell phone to them. So they can do stuff on your cell phone because you don't want to be a parent enough to train your child up. Well, see, those children, this is what the Lord just told me a few minutes ago. Those children aren't hard of hearing. They're dull of hearing. Do you know the difference between hard of hearing and dull of hearing? Hard of hearing means there's something wrong. Where there's something messed up, you need a healing from God. Or maybe a doctor might be able to help you to get your ears to where they function right. Dull of hearing means you tune out the people around you. And parents, you know, it's a strange thing as being grandparents now as compared to being parents. And I saw it happen when we were raising our kids. And I see it now. It's a strange thing how well behaved the, grand, the grandchildren are around the grandparents. But then as soon as the parents show up, man, everything goes wild again. Has anybody ever noticed that besides me? Well, you know why? The parents have trained their children to be dull of hearing. Paul said, there's a lot more things I'd like to teach you, but you're dull of hearing. In other words, what he's saying is, you've tuned out. The rest of the Bible I've tried to teach you, you've tuned it out. Do you know there's people in this church today, they become dull of hearing when you talk about tithes? They're dull of hearing because they don't want to hear that. There's people today, when you talk about love and forgiveness, they become dull of hearing. Nothing wrong with their ears, but spiritually they tune that part out 
because they don't want to hear that part because they don't want to do that part. That's the direction we'll be going today. You don't want to hear it because you don't want to do it. And so then God says, you're dull of hearing. He didn't say you're hard of hearing. He said, you've chosen to tune out the parts of the Bible you don't want to do. And you know, just another thing here, just throwing it out for whatever it's worth. It's amazed me in modern times how many Christians are dull of hearing when it comes to getting married or living together. You know, I, I noticed, I noticed as a, as a young Christian that the Bible never said, and this, this is a buddy trial, I'm not going to go down it. I'm just saying the dull of hearing part. The Bible never said, uh, uh, live in support, uh, submit to your live in friend. It never said, live in, uh, you, you love your live in partner as Christ loves the church. It always said husbands and wives. But in modern times, Society has programmed people to what they think's right compared to what God thinks right. And so when you're, I, I was thinking about years ago, we used to do Valentine's marriage, what we call those things, marriage dinners. And we found out after being in California, probably three or four years, that half the people at our marriage dinners weren't even married. So we had to change it because we had to get people to hear what God says about marriage and we've done so many weddings in this church in the last several years. It's remarkable because all of a sudden, dull of hearing got changed because they chose to hear what the Bible had to say and do it. But that's just, that's just a couple examples there of what dull of hearing is. But I want to read through this because we're talking about grown-ups aren't dull of hearing. So he says, many things to say, but it's hard to explain them to you because you're dull of hearing. You won't listen. For when the time, now look at this, when the time you ought to be teachers, and we're not talking about Bible teachers up here like this, talking about teaching other people. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles or the sayings of God, the first principles. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. We're going to go through some of these things one at a time and show you what he's talking about to get your hearing healed up. To get it where you're not going to be embarrassed. You know, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be in a store and have a kid throw a fit and the parent get louder and louder and louder. It's, it's really, it's really hard when you're out in public, somebody yelling and yelling and yelling, not to turn around and stare at them. You know, it's just really tough to do. But in Christians, as Christians, we need to become sensitive to the Word of God sensitive to the Spirit of God, and we ought to be able to stick out in public like a healed thumb. What's a healed thumb? Well, when I, before I got born again and learned the language of the Bible, they'd say, man, stick out like a, like a sore thumb. Well, I believe in healing. And so my thumbs are going to be healed, amen? I just, I did a lot of changing in my talk when I learned about the value of the Word of God. We ought to stick out when we're not yelling at our kids when people see us walking through the store and our children walking with us and they might say, Mommy, if I'm good, could I have a candy bar? Or something like that there. Then other people look at you and say, Wow, they must be Christians because they've done what the Bible says. They trade up their children right. I guess this is Parents' Day too. I didn't know that. But it is. Okay. <clears throat> and so he says in verse 13, Everyone that uses milk is unskillful 
in the word of righteousness. And we'll look at that in a minute. But you notice the word unskillful in the word. It doesn't say didn't know the word. A lot of people know the word, but they're not skillful in how to use the word. We need to become skillful with the knowledge we have of the word. And said he's a babe. But strong meat, solid food, belongs to them who are full age. That means grown up. Solid food, the meat of the word, belongs to them who are full age, even those who by reason of use. By reason of use. That means you do what the word of God says to do when you see it. Uh, have exercised to discern both good and evil. And so I'm going to go through some of these things here one by one. But the whole point being that God says there's a lot of things he'd really like to tell you, but you're dull of hearing. He says, you've shut me off so much that I can't tell you anything else. You're going to start listening. You're going to start listening. And how do I know when you're listening? When you start doing what you hear done. Amen. Amen. And so God wants us to start listening. So in the physical realm, dull of hearing means you don't hear things clearly. And so we want to make sure you hear things clearly. And the cure is a hearing aid. I'm talking about people have, have physical disabilities. The cure is a hearing aid. But the spiritual reads the same way. God's hearing aid is the Holy Spirit revealing his word to you. But I think about Mrs. Pastor's mom. She died a few years ago, 95 years old. And by the time she really got old out of it, she had two hearing aids. And she had to keep batteries in them all the time. We'd be, we'd be trying to talk to her. And she'd try to adjust them, got so loud or something out of whack, man. We'd hear this, this screeching, squealing going on. She couldn't hear them unless she had them turned on and tuned in right. And so the hearing aid is the Holy Spirit. How many believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to you? He speaks to you through the word. But the way you turn it on is by doing what he says to do. If you don't turn your hearing aid on by acting on it, then the Holy Spirit's talking, you're not hearing because you're not doing. Listen to what I'm saying. You know, there's things that will be said today and some people will leave here and might be talking to other people about the Word of God you heard taught today and somebody's going to say, wow, wasn't that awesome? Did you hear that? I, I never heard that before. And somebody will say, huh? Oh, about tithing? No, I didn't hear that. Oh, Forgiven? No, I didn't hear anything about that. I could never forgive them because what they did is unforgivable. Well, the Bible says you forgive. It says if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And so you're dull of hearing. Holy Spirit's talking to you. But if you don't act on it, your hearing aid's turned off. He will aid you in spiritual hearing. But the Bible says don't quench the Holy Ghost says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't reject the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean you're not born again. But if you want to grow up, you're going to start doing what the Holy Spirit says to do from the Word of God. How many want to grow up, by the way? Amen. I think about my cousin Ronnie. That was so shame. That's so shameful. He had to go to state institution back in Indiana, live out all the days of his life. He died a couple years ago, but when he died, he was still wearing diapers. That's a shame. But how many Christians, how many Christians do not know yet about the power of your words, death and life and the power of your tongue, and they never act on it? How many Christians 
have maybe heard, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. But lay hands on the sick and never enter their mind. Amen. I'm just, I'm telling you how it is. To grow up these things you hear, you've got to actually start doing them. And when you start doing them, you're growing up a notch. I think about the, uh, about the, about the marks we had on our wall. I know the Copies did the mark thing too. I remember when Jeff straightened up after he got his back healed. But, uh, we had marks on our wall, the house we raised our kids in, and every year they backed up against it and we grew a mark. And we could see where they were last year, this year, really surprised the whole marks grew up because the kids were growing. Well, the spiritual, you can tell when you grow. Pastor Dave called, taught a couple lessons ago about grown-ups aren't easily offended. You can tell you've grown up, but all of a sudden somebody does you wrong and doesn't bother you anymore. You just think, Lord, forgive them. I want to pray for them. I want to bless them. And just different things of life of Christianity when, when, when you have an opportunity on your job and everybody else is bad-mouthing the boss, bad-mouthing the company, putting down on everything and of participate, you keep your mouth shut. And then somebody says, well, what do you think? And then as a real Christian that's grown up, you say something like this. Well, I know this. I'm grateful Jesus gave me the job. I'm grateful I have an income. The income. I'm grateful for the benefits. I'm grateful I get paid days off. And I know that uh, uh, this man here is the one that's my supervisor right now. Maybe we'll be next year. Maybe not. I don't know. But I know Jesus is still my Lord. And this is my job. So I'm not going to curse what God's blessed me with. That shows you've grown up instead of jumping in. You don't have to jump in and get in on the complaining side. Amen? That's that's some grown-up spiritual things. But anyway, back to verse 11. He says, talking about Jesus, we have many things to say, but hard to be uttered or explained, seeing you're a doll of hearing. And so in this whole passage here, the Holy Spirit explains the spiritual condition of many believers today. It tells the will of God for all of us. That's where we're getting it up at. But verse 11, for your fill in the blank, too many Christians are dull of hearing. Too many Christians are dull of hearing. How many have, re- have ever read the Gospels or heard them taught where Jesus said many times, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Anybody ever see that? Well, see, Jesus wasn't talking to people looking out and thought, man, half these people got the ears cut off. And so that you don't have your ears cut off, I'm talking to you. If you got an ear, you listen. Well, see, if you read that in the natural, that's what you think. You think, man, a lot of these people must not have had ears. No, they probably all had ears. You've all got outside ears, but you've got a spirit being that lives on the inside. Your spirit got born again. The Bible talks about the eyes of your spirit. The Bible talks about spiritual ears. And so what Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. You need, you need to discipline yourself. You need to speak to your head. You say, head, in the name of Jesus, you're not going to hinder me from hearing what God's got to say. Amen. There's nobody perfect. Nobody's arrived all the way. And so there's problems we have. And let me me tell you something. In God's eyes, whether it's a little problem or a big problem, he's the same. He takes care of little problems. He takes care of big problems because he's God. And so when you come to church, hopefully every time you come, you're not in crisis mode. You know, some people are because they only come once every two or three years. When the crisis is big, then they come again. You know, they're like an addict. They get their fix. The pressure's off. 
Now back the way it was. But all of us have things we need help from Jesus with. Amen? All of us have answers we need. But the thing is, if you choose not to hear, that's why Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, make the choice I'm going to hear. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about all the people up here getting prayed for a while ago. I was thinking that a lot of them, I know personal things, their lives going, and things that are happening like that. And I was thinking, I'm so glad they're here today. And they're going to hear clearly what Jesus has to say today because he's the one that's answered. And, you know, I, I think about some of the problems there. And people don't, sometimes when you're in the middle of the battle, you don't understand how big God is. How many think that Jesus, God the Father, they're bigger than any problem? It, it, a lot of it's all perspective. Have you listened to things like we're going to teach today, this perspective? If you get the perspective, I'm going to give you a little story to help change it. Did anybody ever read the Bible about David and Goliath? Where's our Sunday school teachers at? Did you guys ever teach that, Lee? You never taught it? I guess the guys never came to your class. Man, even as a sinner, went to vacation Bible school. I heard about David and Goliath. How many ever heard of David and Goliath? Well, one-third of you did, two-thirds didn't. So I'll explain that to you a little bit. The Bible, there was a young teenager named David. He became King David. And the Israelites were in a battle. And in the battle with the opposing army, they had a giant that was... Leah, what did you guys teach him? How tall was that giant? Nine foot? He's still nine foot then. Okay. That's what he was, but he never grew since I showed and so anyway, every day, every day, the giant came out on one side of a valley. Israel was over here, their army. On this side over here was the Philistines. And Goliath was their leader. And a lot of those people in the army were giants. And the Israelites were smaller. So every day, the giant would come out. Basically, he would say like the three little pigs, I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down. He came out there every day. And he told them, our army... Is going to totally annihilate your army. As the Israelites were all fired up, they had a pep session. And they were all coming out there. As soon as the giants showed up, they all cried and started running. This kept going on every day. The giant would show up. The Israel army would show up. And every day the giant said, we're going to kill you. We're going to annihilate you. We're going to take your wives, take your kids, make prisoners out of them. And they'd run. And so one day David, who wrote this, a lot of the Psalms, he wrote the, you know, the, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He wrote all those psalms. One day David came out there and brings some food to his older brothers. They were old enough to be in the army. And he heard the giant come out. And he turned around and looked at him and said, Who is that guy? What's he talking about? And so then he come to find out that the king of Israel said, If anybody can take this giant out, I'm going to make his family free of paying t- no taxes. They'll get a great big house and land and everything like that. He said, Well, that's a pretty good deal. But he said, anyway, he said, who is this giant that's defying the armies of the living God, of the living God? And so David came out to battle, and David came out with a slingshot, and he killed the giant. King shot, the, the, the giant had a sword that was probably as long as David was tall. And he had shields and everything else. He had all kinds of armor but he had a little bitty old spot that his helmet didn't cover. And David, with the slingshot, hit him right in that one spot. And the giant went down. You know what the difference between Israel and David was? This is for some of you. I said that to get to this part. 
Israel's perspective was they saw a great big giant and a little bitty God. David saw a little bitty giant and a great big God. David saw, no matter how big the giant was, God was a whole lot bigger. And so I just want to say to you that came up and you that didn't come up, whatever you're looking at right now, get your eyes off the little problem compared to God. Amen. I want to say that again. You get your eyes off how impossible this is because Jesus said, you speak to the mountain, it has to go. Amen. And so in growing up spiritually, these things we're looking at today, these are very, very first principles. Remember, we saw the word first principles a minute ago. This is first principles must be things to do if you're going to grow up. And so too many Christians are dull of hearing. And so he that has an ear, let him hear. The cure for dull of hearing is to make the decision that when you hear the Bible taught, you're going to put it into practice. What you hear and see in your own Bible. Things like loving and forgiving. Without a doubt, we live in California on California roads. Somebody today is going to give you a chance to get offended. And you very well could be the offender that causes them to be offended at you. And so love and forgiveness. Love. I remember I drove semis for a lot of years. And after I was a Christian truck driver, I've been an unsaved truck driver. Here's I remember one day I was driving down the interstate in Indiana. And there's this car in front of me, an older woman, going real slow out the middle lane. I remember I got up on it and I realized, man, I'm in a big truck. And this old woman was right in front of me. Then I thought of my mother. I thought, wow, would I want some big truck intimidating my mom at her old age driving down the road? And so I made the decision. I'm going to back off and walk in the love of God and protect this old woman until I find a safe way to get around her and get up the road like that. Because that's the difference between acting on the word and not acting on the word. Every day, every day, we've got a chance to be a doer. And so I wasn't dull of hearing. I chose to hear what the Bible said, do unto others as you have others do unto you. Hey, man, can you hear what I'm saying? This is what we're talking about to help your hearing become clear. And when you become a doer of the word, then you'll be able to hear the Holy Spirit much more easier on other things in life. As you're obedient, you begin to hear better. And so things like loving, forgiving, uh, watching what comes out of your mouth, uh, being a tither, and lots of things like that. But look at verse 12 now. Verse 12. And so he says, for, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, or become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. And so the will of God is for all believers for all believers to make progress in spiritual growth and teach others what they've learned. Teach others what they've learned. Teach others what they've learned. And I I think about that from the time I first got born again. uh, I was a late baby. I got born again when I was 28 and a half years old. And so I'd already been around a, a lot, done a lot, seen a lot, knew a lot. But when I got born again, it was real. 
Jesus become real to me. When I got born again, it wasn't just church because none of my family went to church. The only Christian I ever knew was my Baptist grandma. And my grandma, I'm sure, prayed me into the kingdom of God. So I didn't know any other Christians. I didn't have anything up here to have to unlearn. I had a blank screen. I was being programmed by God from the very start. The word of God came in. I saw it in the Bible, went in my heart, went in my head, come out of my mouth. And I did what it said because I wasn't around. Religious people told me that the Bible wasn't for today. They told me that's not for now. When I saw it, it was God talking to me. But I just remembered I was probably about three months old in the Lord. And my little girl, my little, my little, I had a little girl, five-year-old, eight-year-old girl, took him to the skating rink. And it was at the skating rink, and I sat there and talked to another person. I was a brand-new Christian. I could barely spell the word Bible. I mean, man, my family was really way out there. But I was going to church, been going to church for three months, reading my Bible, and the Holy Spirit was in me, and everything I saw, I did. We were sitting there, and I was sitting there on the skate rink. I never was a good skater back when I grew up in the 50s and 60s. Everybody skated. But, I mean, I, I had to do things one-footed and hold on to the rail. It was tough. But I was watching those people out there. It always amazed me. I'd, I'd, see, I'd see the old polished guys that were skillful in roller skates. They'd go backwards on one foot and backwards and do all that stuff, man, just like that, spin around like that and stop on a dime and bow and all that stuff. And then I looked out there that day, watched them. I saw some people like me, man. They tried to get brave. They'd hold on to the rail, go real fast, but stayed about a foot from the rail so they'd grab it. And I saw a few of them, they'd grab the rail and fall down and do their flops and stuff like that. And as I said there, the Lord gave me my first, my first little mini sermon. I preached to this guy sitting next to me. I said, wow, you know, it's like that Christianity. I was a new Christian, you understand, didn't know anything. But when I went to church, I saw the ones in three months time that they knew a lot of things going on. I knew nothing. I said, I said, those people out there are just like Christians. Keep in mind, I'm three months old. I don't know anything, but Bible says you ought to be teaching others. And so the Lord told me, said, that's like Christians. Those guys out there, they're going backwards doing the stuff they're doing. That's because they practice a lot. Those that are grabbing the rail, that's because they're just playing games that aren't really serious about learning. And so, you know, you can develop that sermon into something really big. Same thing today. In this church today, we got people in this church today that probably been serving Jesus 40 years. They're still holding the rail. We got people in here been serving Jesus one year. And they can pray for the ones where they fall off the rail. Amen. It's all what we're going to do with what we're here. It said you ought to be teachers by now. So the will of God is for all believers to teach others what they've learned. And I want to tell you something. That will help your spiritual growth. If you will teach people, not in a condescending way, not in a know-it-all way, just be sure of what God's doing in your life. Amen. And so then he says, have need of milk and not of strong meat for everyone, verse 13, that uses milk or stays on milk only is unskillful in the word of righteousness for his babe. And so to me, spiritual milk is basically knowing that Jesus loves you and you're forgiven of your sins. How many here have ever met somebody been saved a long time and all they know is Jesus loved me and I'm forgiven. He loved me and I'm forgiven. I don't know anything else about my words. I don't believe that tithing business. And I, 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 I can go to heaven as good as anybody else. I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. Well, they're babes. They're on milk. All they know is they've received the love of God. And so uh, we all start there. 
But strong meat or solid food is when you start learning to control your mouth, control your temper, to make moral decisions in line with the Bible about what you watch at the movies or on TV and many other things. You make the decision you're going to start eating something besides just drinking the milk. And so in the natural world, all babies start with milk. But there comes a time when they must begin to eat solid food. I still drink milk. But I don't make that my main meal. I still feed my spirit on how much God loves me. But I feed a lot of other Bible doctrines that are necessary for healthy spiritual growth. How could I ever pray for somebody to be healed if I didn't feed on healing food myself from the Bible? How could I ever teach somebody the value of love if I'd ever loved and if I didn't feed on love food from the Bible? How could I ever help somebody about tithing and financial decisions if I didn't feed on things from the Bible about tithing and financial decisions? I still read these doctrines consistently all the time. I still read about how much Jesus loves me all the time. That's Bible food, Bible doctrines. And I think about, I think about the babies. Wow. Ooh, I think about last night, Colin and Annie. Whew. We got a one-year-old granddaughter named Bella. And I don't know what she was eating last night, but man, when she looked, I saw where she spit it out. It looked like cat doo-doo. But the thing was, at least she's making the effort at eating. She's not staying on milk because she's not going to grow if she stays on milk. She's got to have other things. You hear what I'm saying? And so we as Christians, you've got to read other Bible passages except for God so loved the world. That's a great place to start. And you've got to keep reading it too so you'll know it's going to help people. But you've got to start feeding on some of these other things because that's how you're going to help yourself to be able to hear clearly because you have an ear to hear you want to hear. And so paraphrase, this verse says this. Everyone that lives on milk only is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He's still a babe. And so he never said it's wrong to feed on simple things. But he said, don't do that only. That's just something you do in addition to the other word. So in other words, God wants you to grow up as a believer and become skillful in living right to become skillful in living right according to his instructions in the Bible. And just like I made reference to, like in sports, an athlete becomes skillful by developing a workout routine and consistent practicing all the time. I learned as a new Christian. I learned as a new Christian. I never went to church without my Bible. Ever, 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 ever. Ever, 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 ever. Never went without my Bible. I never went to church without a notebook to this day. A notebook and a pen. We got all the modern things now, so there might be ways that people improvise and do something else. But back when I went, they didn't much have computers, except the giant ones that took up a big building. But now they got little stuff. But anyway, back when I, when I went to, when Jesus was so real to me, when I started going to church and I learned that I should look at church like a classroom, because I come to learn, I brought a notebook. I brought a pen. I brought a Bible. You know, that would be like a baseball player going to practice in his underwear. No cleats, no ball glove, no bat, no helmet, just come naked. Christians, when you come to church, come prepared. 
bring your tools, bring your equipment, come prepared to learn something. And what are you doing? It's like showing up for practice. Did you know actually that's what it is in here? You're coming in here to practice and then to go out there to the real game. In here, I kind of doubt if anybody's going to challenge you of hatred in here. I hope they don't. But out there, you show up your job tomorrow. The first thing might, that might happen, I hope it doesn't, but back when I was in the trucking world, it happened to me. First thing might happen is your boss might greet you with cussing you out for no reason. First thing that might happen, there might be two or three workers that don't like you, might be telling lies about you and talking about you, spreading gossip. That happened to me. That used to happen to me in the real world. And I call that, that out there is what we're practicing for in here. What we hear in here is preparing us to go out there where the battle is. Somebody said, amen or oh me. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? We're talking about becoming skillful, but that's also going to cause your hearing to clear up. And so anyway, you got to be able to be ready for the real world out there, become skillful after your hearing to clear up. But verse 14 says, strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, grown up, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. How many here like to work out physically? You know, I know in the modern time, a lot of people get up really early in the morning to go work out at the gym. Well, spiritually, you need to work out in God's gym on a consistent basis and exercise so you can discern both good and evil. And I'll explain that as we're heading down to the finish line. Uh, th- th- this, this means strong meat belongs to them that are full age. This means growing up, growing up spiritually like an infant. We start off with baby steps because walking is new to us. And with Bella living in my house right now, I can see that. I saw her meet a real challenge the other day. We got two, I don't know what size dogs you call them. They're bigger dogs than I like that live in our house part of the time because they live out in the kennel. But I'm not the dog lover, but I'm a wife lover. And so because I'm a wife lover, I love my wife to let the dogs come in. So get little Bella, this happened just like two days ago. You got a little one-year-old girl. She's just out getting to the place. She can stand there and go, let loose the table. I think that might be the first time I ever really saw her let loose. Standing there, looked up and grinned like that, and here comes the dog. Right around Bella. She'd sit there as she was down because the dogs come around. Well, Christians, you must learn to take baby steps on the Word of God. And when the dogs show up, if you fall down, don't stay down. Amen. I'm, th- I'm, think- I'm thinking about some baby steps. You know, it's so easy to share my faith now unconsciously. But I remember when I was a new Christian, it was such a big deal to me if somebody would say, How you doing today? If I could just say, I'm blessed. I know what I say when I say, I'm blessed. I know my face would get red because it was a baby step for me. Or if I'd be in a business, somebody was thanking, thanking, thanking me for being there, and I would get enough faith up to say, you're welcome, God bless you. Believe it or not, as a new Christian, that's a step. That's, that's a step to start saying words like that. And when you do, it feels funny. I like little Bella going like that, man, wobbly around, but think, wow, that is different. And then somebody, somebody start cussing like that. And then just to be able to just 
start off with, it's a faith thing, but now it's just natural. Say, well, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And I know that, I know that when I was a young Christian, see, that's how I started off, learned how to talk things, say things, because I was taking steps of faith, identified, I'm not who I used to be. I belong to Jesus now. I remember something I used to do. I trained myself as a truck driver, and this really, really, really confused people out there in the world. Now, how many know that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life? But do you know I found out it as a Christian? I wasn't conscious of it as a sinner. As a Christian, I got out there when people would get upset, they'd use his name in vain. They'd go, Jesus Christ. And when I was out there, every time they'd do that, I would very boldly, very clearly, very loudly say, is Lord. I cannot tell you how many times I was out around sinners and they'd use my Savior's name as a curse word. As soon as they said, it's Lord. And you know what always happened? Every time, whoever's around went silent. Everything stopped. It was over with. Because I confessed the name of Jesus as the Savior wants me to confess it. And it changed things. But I'm saying this. As Christians, for your hearing to clear up and God to be able to trust giving you deeper things, more solid food for the Word of God, you have got to start taking some baby steps. And you may have been, you may have been saved for a long time now, but it's not too late to start learning to walk. Amen. Mr. Pastor, you're right. They're really quiet today. Amen. Is anybody getting helped? Anybody getting fed? And so you grow up spiritually by reason of use. You put into practice what you hear taught from the Bible and church and in your own studies. You grow up spiritually by training your senses to know the difference between right and wrong and always choosing to do the right thing. Do you know there's a difference between knowing uh, what's right and what's wrong and then doing what's right? And that's called dull of hearing. If you know, if you know that it's wrong and you choose to do it instead of doing what's right, guess what? Your hearing just got clouded up. It just got dull. And I'm going to close with this on that. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to your head. He speaks to your spirit, your heart of the inside. And did you know that when you're born again Christian, that your conscience is the voice of your spirit? Your conscience is the voice of your spirit? If a person's not born again, their conscience doesn't have the Holy Spirit in there. And so they don't really know what's right and long, wrong a lot of times, but they have no help to be able to make the right decision unless they're really raised in a good moral family and they just really got themselves trained right. But an unsaved person's conscience will allow them to lie, to cheat, to steal, to cuss, to hate, to hold grudges, but when you're a Christian and you've trained your senses to know the difference between right and wrong because you're learning the Bible, you're under the around the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when your conscience gives you that little, don't do that, and you do that, well, you're becoming dull of hearing in your spiritual ears. But I said this a while ago. I'm going to close it with saying this again. When you know, when you know, I'm supposed to do this. 
It might be God telling you, buy their lunch. It might be God telling you, go over there and help those people. It might be God telling you, send them a card. Tell them, thank you, you love them. It might be God telling you, send them a text. And tell them, maybe they misunderstood what you said today. Here's what you really meant. That's on the inside of you. That's your spirit on the inside of you, helping you know the difference between right and wrong. And if you will be quick, I learned this a long time ago. When I know there's something I'm facing and it's something that my flesh really doesn't want to do, if I don't act on it pretty quick, then I allow myself to talk myself out of it. But if I will instantly obey something I didn't want to do, but I know God wants me to and I do it, then guess what? My hearing gets better and better and better and better. And then in the things of life I really need direction on, it's easy for the Holy Spirit to get it through to me because my hearing is no longer dull, but it's opened up. And guess what? I have grown up a notch and become more of an adult Christian. How many of you want to grow up? Well, stand up then. Stand up if you want to grow up. Amen. Well, I hope, I hope I got across the whole, to me, the meat of that whole sermon was this. To be clear of your hearing, do what you know to do when you see it in the Bible. If something was said today, and you thought, wow, that was God talking to me. Don't leave here and ignore it. Go do it. And you're going to grow up a little bit spiritually because your hearing is where Jesus says to be. I've got an ear to hear and I'm going to hear. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have our altar call. And, uh, you know, for, for altar call, a lot of times, you know, we have a special ones. This is not anything special today. If anybody needs prayer, Bible teaches real clear. We've got anointing as believers in our hands. We can lay hands on you. If you need deliver from an addiction, Jesus can do that. Addiction's a giant, but God's bigger than addiction. He's bigger than the giant. And addiction can be natural things, or it could be horrible things such as pornography, having a stronghold in your life, whatever it could be, or, or gossiping. You know, it could be nicotine, alcohol, or drugs. But whatever it is, God is greater. He is bigger. You need healing. You need the wisdom of God. We want to pray with you. And the main thing is, we don't want anybody to leave here and think, man, I wish God would have done this. Well, if it hasn't been hit yet in your life, come up here. God will hit it right now. Take care of it. Amen.
us raise our hands. Father, we want to thank you that we can call you Father. You may be God to the world, but you're Father to us because we're your sons and daughters. We thank you for the Word of God, for the move of the Holy Spirit today in our lives. And Lord, my prayer is that all of us that are here and all that are watching online, that we'll be doers of the Word and not hearers only, Lord, that we'll act on what we know because when we act on what we know, that we're obeying Jesus where he said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And we prove that we're listening by doing what you said, Lord. We're not going to be like the rebellious child in the store where you have to yell and yell and yell just because you wouldn't do that anyway. We're going to be the ones that says, okay, Father, may I? And be able to talk to you about things in our lives. Lord, we thank you that we're changing every day, becoming more grown up. And Lord, I pray that just like you gave me that little sermon in the, in the roller skate rink that day, Give everyone here little sermons, little things to preach to somebody, teach somebody to make something real to them, Lord, because I know that's what you said. The time's come. We ought to be teaching others, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to teach what we know. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are we ready? Amen. I get done preaching, then you clap. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I'm glad about received today. All right, here we go. We declare... That Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. By, by the way, one more thing. How many have ever been to language school? How many want to go? Tonight we're going to teach another language. It's what the Bible calls the language of faith. If you want to learn to speak faith, we're going to teach you tonight. <laughs>